In some ways, The Nun was a success when it came out. After all, it got me praying for the first time in my life. But those prayers clearly went unanswered, because they made The Nun 2. I'd much rather be talking about Sister Act 2, but here we go. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Jeez, <laughs> uh, my, 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 my mind's blank. I was trying to think of what uh, the French word for hello is. Bonjour, that's it. <laughs> the entire start of the show is ruined now because you couldn't remember bonjour. Hey, I just had to walk myself through it. All right, take two. <laughs> bonjour, j'ai <Pete. laughs> This is a horror movie podcast, everyone, and we are still catching up on 2023 movies that we didn't get to because uh, Tim was very insensitive and decided to have a baby. Uh, My bad. <laughs> which he pushed out of his his parts like Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. Engineer. Uh, <laughs> his wife did none of the work. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're here today to talk about The Nun 2 uh, because mm-hmm. The Nun 1 was so successful and The Conjuring mm-hmm. Universe is so successful that they made A Nun 2. So <laughs> we'll start spoiler free as we always do and we'll give you a warning before we get the spoilers. Just before we do get into the start of this though, I'll just remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, please do hit the like button. It helps out a bunch if you do. And you can, of course, get a bonus episode every month if you support us over at patreon.com slash TV, as well as some other extras. I'll tell you more about those at the end, but let's get into The Nun 2. This is set a little bit after the first one and The Nun is back. <laughs> In the habit. <laughs> and have uh yeah nun's back and it's looking it's she's looking for a MacGuffin, which is at a place uh we get introduced to some new characters but our our, our hero from the last movie uh sister irene thank you irene i was gonna check what it was there i was like sister dolores no that's not right uh <laughs> So Dolores, <laughs> she's got a new little sidekick nun. Uh, we also have Maurice back from the first movie, who I totally, rem- I totally remembered he existed. I wasn't. It's not like I was confused for the first twenty minutes of this movie until they actually <laughs> mentioned that he was in the first movie and went, oh, "Okay, he's not a new character." Fair enough. This makes more sense now. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into everything. Everyone's going to remember all these fan favorite characters from the first Nun movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little worried starting this because I was like, I remember so little of that first movie. <laughs> like, so, so little. Luckily, they kind of do like a built-in, like, previously on the Nun, like, 10 minutes in, like, an older <laughs> nun starts telling all the young nuns about this story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is a little recap. So we, so, so we know what <laughs> happened in the first movie. That's very mm-hmm. convenient. Thank you. Uh, so, and we saw the first movie we talked about when it came out in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, which by the way, they just announced Conjuring 4 and they're saying it's going to be the last, you know, main Conjuring movie, probably because those actors want to be done with it and never come back again, which is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and they announced that Michael Chavez, who directed this, Curse of La Llorona and Conjuring 3 is directing it, which... Not to spoil our thoughts here, but that's not a good thing. Uh, Nothing like failing upwards. <laughs> but all I could think of when I heard this announcement was four Conjuring movies, three Annabelles, two <laughs> nun movies, and a curse of La Llorona. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. I like so, that. <laughs> so they're not allowed to make anything else unless they do five of whatever the next thing is. Okay, you're not allowed to do anything else. Five. Uh, yeah, they're gonna announce. Uh, all right, we're finally going through with the Crooked Man movie, uh, and we're gonna make five of them. Yeah, one for each limb slash head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean. You can tell by looking at that crooked man, he's got a fifth limb, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I don't think the penis counts as a limb, Timmy. Mm, depends on what you do with it. <laughs> uh, it's, a shame you, it's a shame you don't have uh, like a notoriously big dong, because you could be called Timmy, <laughs> Timmy the Tripod. Yes, that is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell me why you're talking about The Nun 2, because we're going down mm-hmm. a very weird path already at the start of this. Uh, yeah, this movie was... Talking about my penis is not a weird path. <laughs> <laughs> it's a path that not many people want to walk, okay? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no arguments here. Uh, Myself included. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, yeah, None 2 sucks. Uh, are we just getting that out of the way? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thoughts, Tim? Feelings? Emotions, that's the word I'm looking for. I, I, kept, I, I kept almost saying motive. You don't know, not motive. He doesn't have a motive for something. <clears throat> Emotions. Yeah, so, I mean, this might be one of the more uh, divisive episodes because <laughs> I, I was actually a little surprised. I kind of thought Mm-mm. that... This, yeah, is this, bit, was... this is a bit... You're lying, you're lying <laughs> through your teeth. I can smell it on your mail off. Uh, I, I can't even get through it. Uh, yeah, no, this is absolutely horrible. I, I mean, I, on the one hand, I am kind of impressed that they did manage to make something that was more boring than the first Nun movie. Um, maybe a hot take. I don't know. <laughs> no, it is. It's more boring. Like it may like out of the Michael Chavez saga, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably saga. not as bad as Cursula Yorona. But mm-hmm. holy crap, yeah. is it close? And that is a low, low, Extremely low bar. Yeah. And the the sad thing is, is uh, I was actually kind of excited for this one because uh, at least one of the writers is, um, uh, I, I, I think it's a, a, I'm not sure how you pronounce the first name, Akila, Akila uh, Cooper. Uh, I, I'm going uh, to look at the name. Akila Cooper. I, I would say Akila, but I mean, yeah. I, I'm sight reading it, so go on. Yeah. But uh, I mean, but she's done uh, like *Malignant* and um, *Megan*, which uh, you know, I those are movies I I enjoy, like you know, to varying degrees. Like, I'm not saying that couple of sexies, couple of sexies, but not bad. <laughs> but uh, I think at the very least, though, like you know, while maybe those movies themselves aren't completely perfect, I do think that they they do have standout moment moments that are like pretty wild so while i didn't think this movie was going to be like great i thought like okay but maybe it will have a moment here or a moment there they'll be like kind of like really crazy and fun to talk about but there really wasn't like there's was a couple of set pieces that i thought tim okay. I will, i'm going to counter that slightly i'm going to say that mm-hmm. technically there are some big moments because i was thinking this as i was watching it there's mm-hmm. a couple of moments that even if they're not good i should at least think this is a funny moment and mm-hmm. somehow Michael Chavez has this talent That's, for yeah. making everything that happens the most boring possible dull version that it could possibly be. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into it in spoilers, but like the opening of this movie, like the opening scene, it should make you go like, 
oh my god like this is crazy but no I, I i totally agree like the director just makes it so lifeless and boring and dull that it's like yeah it's just hard to care like at any point throughout the movie yeah the opening of this movie features uh, a ball rolling into the darkness. Uh, I feel like I've seen that maybe 50 <laughs> times in the last 10 years. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's coming out with these fresh ideas, these fresh new things that he can't possibly think of. Yeah, it's just, you know, there's so much loud noise stuff after quick mm -hmm. cuts. Uh, there's some big CG set pieces where there's a lot more chaotic things happening. Uh, mm -hmm. That stuff just, like, whatever it's over long it's almost two hours oh my god i that pissed me off <laughs> yeah, when i looked at the runtime yeah. i was like god damn it <laughs> and the most worst is that the 90 minute mark i was like this feels like it's wrapping up but somehow there's like 25 <laughs> minutes left give or take <laughs> and yeah there was just more stuff like we're doing more things and the uh, maybe the worst part of it is that the first like two thirds feels like it's intentionally wasting time because it <laughs> like Sister Irene, like uh, uh, Teresa Formiga's character, right? And I like her as an actress well enough. Me too. Um, yeah. Her character's thing in this movie is that she can't really get to where everything else going on is until the third act. So the <sighs> first two thirds of the movie are just her on this uh, quest for knowledge <laughs> kind of thing with her new sidekick. <laughs> and honestly, all of that is just painfully dull. Like, oh, let's go talk to a librarian who seems to just know a lot of things about things. And, oh, mm -hmm. we got a new MacGuffin. Let's find the MacGuffin. And that's mm -hmm. all it is. And it and there's a lot of points where it doesn't feel like a horror movie. Like, it feels like it's trying to be an MCU movie or something where it's like, oh, yeah, you have, like, you know, these characters teaming up. They're trying to find this item of, like, mystical power that the villain is after, too. And there's, like, a, a little you know like reference to it but they're not gonna you know figure out what that means until the end and like all this like bullshit stuff <laughs> like it's just there's like i don't know it just didn't really feel like <laughs> actually you know, tim horror to me <laughs> i would say i would disagree i agree with your sentiment but i would disagree with what we compared it to i would say okay. it felt more like an indiana jones movie Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Because we've got like, oh, the mysterious light coming through the window. Where's the, you know, that's going to point to where the secret thing's mm -hmm. hidden. And that, that's, I mean, true, that's yeah, quite yeah. late in the movie, but I don't think anyone cares about that detail. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so much of it is chasing the magical artifact kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that the villain also looking for it happens to be a demonic entity that takes the mm -hmm. visual of a nun for reasons. A few times. <laughs> a few, oh, several times, constantly. Uh, even. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like there's uh, not as much nun stuff uh, in this one. Oh, fair. I mean, I thought they were once again really milking the the overall visual of her. Like they do things where, mm -hmm. like the like the stone in the wall, which is kind of dirty in parts, kind of mm -hmm. makes the shape of her vaguely. Uh, they do like a really absurd over the top thing that lasts like two minutes with a bunch of magazines that, that flip so that all the pages kind of make the shape of the nun. <laughs> Which like, again, I feel like that is kind of a, a cool, interesting idea, but I don't know if it's just so directed poorly that it just, or maybe like you're saying, it just goes on like way too long that you just like end up not caring about it. Like, Okay, yeah, because you, know. you get in the first 10 seconds what's going to happen, but then it takes another 90 seconds to actually mm -hmm. get to that point. So you're like, oh. Uh. <laughs> and then a lot of the, the rest of the movie, which is set at like a boarding school, where mm -hmm. Frenchie from the first movie, the sort of caretaker guy, 
he's the caretaker at this school now. We're introduced to a school teacher and kind of a main girl who's like someone we get. To, is the daughter of the school teacher. So the, the mm-hmm. teacher's Kate, the daughter's uh, Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. And we, you know, we have the usual tropes here. We have a group of mean girls that pick on her. Mm-hmm. She's kind of friendly with the caretaker. There's clearly an implied possible romance between him and the mum, Kate. And mm-hmm. that, even this stuff, I was feeling like, okay, you've done the, the initial scene where you've introduced these characters and there's a little bit of like, you know, flirty tension between them. That's fine. But then <laughs> we, we do it five more times and I'm like... <laughs> All you're doing is re- reaffirming what you've already said. You've not actually introduced like progression in this. You've mm-hmm. not. You've not. You're not. I couldn't believe how little like this actually progresses by the time we get to like all the stuff going down. I thought, oh, there's going to be a subplot here where he eventually works up the courage to ask her out, and maybe they have dinner mm-hmm. together. Maybe they grow to care about one another before stakes get real and shit starts happening. So that when like one of them's in trouble, the other one is like, oh no, I'm kind of falling in love with this person, so I actually care. Instead, they're mm-hmm. basically still the same awkward, oh, maybe there's an attraction by the time stuff starts mm-hmm. happening. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that all felt like a bit of a, a a dry, wet thud. I said dry and wet, I know. <laughs> uh, they should have made it more of like a love triangle between like those two and the nun. <laughs> it's like, who's he going to choose? <laughs> Uh, do, do we make the joke here about buns and nuns? I don't know. That just it feels <laughs> feels too easy. Yes, I can tell you this though. I wanted none of this movie. Mm, very good. <laughs> See, I'm f- funny. I'm witty. You know it to be true. Honestly, the most enjoyment I got out of this movie is right near the start when it first introduces these characters. You got Frenchie and. So little Sophie, who's like, I don't know, like, don't know, the kids are all like 12 or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. She gives them like a friendship bracelet, right? And the mean mm-hmm. girls like seeing, start making fun of like, oh, she's giving something to her boyfriend, right? And Frenchie just mm-hmm. kind of stands there staring because, and I get that it's awkward, like, what do you do? Do you stick up for her because it'll just make her get picked on more? Like, is he stepping out of line if he sort of tries to discipline her? So on, so on. Um, but he just stands there staring as she's being mean. And I legitimately felt like, he might swing for her. He might swing for this 12-year-old girl. And, like, and honestly, my imagination making that moment more funny was the most mm. fun I had in this entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, I feel like there's... And, and I, I think this can apply to you know a lot of other movies from 2023 where it's just it's taking itself too seriously. It's not cheesy or over the top enough to make it at least a fun, bad watch. And yeah, it's, there's not enough like, you know, (laughs) talent or or something behind the camera. That's, you know, uh, actually making it like interesting and worthwhile. So instead it's just like very dull. And I mean, middling would probably be too, too kind. You know, complimentary yeah. <laughs> to it it's far too boring to be called middling it it's yeah. kind of like in this no man's land between all the different like if you imagine like a triangle right and like mm-hmm. one tip of the triangle is like dumb fun another mm-hmm. side of it is like serious high quality and then the mm-hmm. third one is like uh, i don't know uh Maybe there's only two. <laughs> but, like, but the, 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 Imagine a line. <laughs> okay, so no, no, okay, let me do it separately. So so one tip of the triangle is fun, one tip is, like, 
serious high quality, and the third tip is uh, like dumb, right? And mm-hmm. it's sort of like doing this thing where it's somehow not doing enough of any one of those things. So it's yeah. it's not achieving any of those feelings it's not it's not mm-hmm. feeling i mean it is dumb but it doesn't feel dumb in a funny way it's, it's never yeah like i'm never laughing because oh this is hilarious it's the, you know a good comparison in that sense would probably be the pope's exorcist where that was a bad movie absolutely but, yeah but we kind of came out of that going you know what russell crowe acting like a detective without a badge but he's like an exorcist is kind of funny <laughs> and there yeah. was some fun moments in that despite you know it's larger problems 100%, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is just kind of, like... It's so weird because, yeah, like, we, we joked about how the first one kind of almost turned into a superhero movie by the end, and it mm-hmm. felt like this was kind of touching on that again, but it just it didn't commit to doing it full hog. Uh, the actual resolution to everything at the end just made me roll my eyes. Like, I, I didn't get anything <laughs> out of it. I was not enjoying that element of yeah. it at all. So... Yeah... Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because I I do like the, I I understand the wanting to spin this off because like you know the, you know, the nun did have like a very like kind of like a you know, coming out of the second Conjuring movie like it it already felt like very standouting stand standoutish, um, and I don't know but like it, I, I I can see like wanting to do more of that character and I, I i like the way the nun looks and i don't know like uh, i think a dumb over the top cheesy non-sportation movie with like a crazy demonic numb nun uh you know could be really fun but again it's just everything is so gravely serious and it's just i don't know i, I just I, I hate to be repetitive but I, I can't overstate just how goddamn boring it is Yes, it it's actually almost impressive just how yeah. dull that, i mean i there was moments in the middle of this movie where I was legitimately kind of having to like slap my face to keep <laughs> paying attention because I, like, I need to pay attention. We need to talk about this movie. But it was so hard to actually not just start looking at other things and just doing anything else than pay attention to it because it's so unrewarding and it's it feels mm-hmm. like it's plodding so much until it gets to that third act. And then the third act itself, well, there's lots of things happening because you don't care about any of the characters, because it's directed in such a big, goofy way, and the CG is, it, you know, it's, it's just these big spectacle moments that don't really have any any weight to them. That I mean, even the opening scenes are kind of guilty of that, where it's like, oh, we're doing the creepy build-up to the nun doing something, but then when the nun does something, it's so over the top that it just it feels like it betrays the tone of what it was seemingly going for, right? You know, like, sh- like and it also begs the question... And I don't necessarily spoil them too much because it's the opening scene. If she can just like make someone float in midair and set them mm-hmm. on fire, why doesn't she just do that yep. all the time to everyone who's in her exactly. way? <laughs> Very <laughs> good point. <laughs> so we we get into the my broad complaint of a lot of supernatural movies is that there is no rules. Things just happen however the, the writer wants them to happen at any given point. So it all feels like, well, I can't care about any of this because you just you can do whatever you want at any point. So mm-hmm. you know. Um so, but I, I don't know. Technically, there's a goat. You like goats? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I prefer it when they're done well. <laughs> Black Phillip, this was not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really. I mean, the two new 
well, three, including the kid, I suppose, but the, the two, like, adult additions to the cast are Kate, the teacher, who I didn't really recognise. Apparently, she was the teenage girl in all the uh, Chronicles of Narnia movies, and that's, like, her main thing that she's done before. <laughs> okay. Which was a while ago now, so I, maybe maybe, maybe yeah. she's been up to other things. Uh, and then... Talking about your lion, your witch, <laughs> the wardrobe... You're done. Okay, right. Uh, and then the other new character uh, is like this other kind of young nun who's kind of like doesn't even really want to be a nun. She's just there because her like father sent her to this convent. Uh, she's played by Storm Reed. Her name's Deborah. That's kind of the sidekick character for for Sister Irene. Uh, she was recently on the Last of Us TV show, and I think she was in Euphoria. So that's where people might know her from. Uh, But both these actors are fine. Like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault their characters have nothing interesting to do. Hey, I like the name Storm, so... That's cool. <laughs> do you think it's a stage name? It feels a bit stage name Ooh, it might be. It feels like she really likes X-Men, and she's like, I'm going to yeah. call myself Storm. <laughs> I could be wrong, though. Hey, gr- growing up, I didn't know a kid named Blade, so... Oh, it's possible. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's always possible that our parents are X Men fans, and that's why our name's Storm. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I could see it being a, a stage name. Our kids: Storm, Cyclops, and the Beast. <laughs> the Beast. <laughs> I feel like they could go with the more subtle ones, like uh, like Jean, maybe Scott. Yeah. You know, sure. Like, yeah. Then again, Storm is the is not the the real name, is it? Storm is the the alias. Right. Yeah, it's uh, Aurora Monroe, I believe. Yeah, I could have told you the last name, but yeah, Aurora sounds right. Aurora, I can't say that. It sounds like I'm, it's a little tough to say. It sounds like I'm a baby trying to say a hard word when I say that. Aurora, Aurora. <laughs> Look, not all R's can be tough in the Scottish accent. Okay, it, it can be That's tough. True, yeah, yeah. People don't talk enough about how some letters can be hard. <laughs> I find that uh, lots of R's and L's together can be quite tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, anywho, <laughs> which is why I know I can't sit, speak French because the French language is just full of noises that I can't physically make, and that's fine. So, don't <laughs> get me started on the French. <laughs> and the movie stars in France. <laughs> it's true. Luckily, they all uh, conveniently speak English. So, the, yeah, it. I was like, yeah, that's the thing where, like, when you go into the subtitles on most uh, services when you like rent a movie or whatever. You'll usually see subtitles are, are automatic or forced if unless you pick specifically English, which is just they're on all the time. Which and that means unless they're burned in, that means it's like, oh, it's just subtitles for when they're speaking a different language, right? So like so typically Apple will say automatic and it'll just come up when there's, you know, that type of stuff. Um but I noticed that in this it didn't say that and I was like, really? This is set in Europe and somehow there's like no other <laughs> languages that's ever going to get translated? And sure enough, there wasn't. You hear some like French mumbling in the background, but nothing that's ever like needed to be known. So yeah, yeah. everyone just speaks English for, for reasons. Um, Listen, they, they weren't planning on uh, <laughs> the most sophisticated audiences <laughs> going to see this movie. <laughs> like, we, we can't lose anyone if, uh, <laughs> by putting words on the screen. This is slop. This is slop for your... <laughs> this is slop for 14-year-olds who want to see a horror movie. You know what the sad thing is? is uh-huh. I think it kind of did well. No, <laughs> like... don't tell me that. 
I'm going to fact check this right now. I don't want this to have done well. Uh. <laughs> How dare you tell I... me such a thing? Sorry. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I waited until it was a uh, it was on Mac, so I didn't have to <laughs> spend any money on it. Uh, worldwide, two hundred sixty-nine million dollars. That does seem quite good for a movie like this. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, that means we're getting none three. We're going to get zero none Fren game. <laughs> All right, or Frenchie's revenge. Oh, it was about seventy million less than the first one, so it's down more trending. There's that at least. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good. <clears throat> Uh, that's about 70 all... million people watched uh, our review of the first one and said, nope. <laughs> Tim, do you think people only spend a dollar to go see a movie? <laughs> Some people. <laughs> it's about what I'm comfortable spending. <laughs> oh. Not a lot of people will tell you this, but you know, uh, those those ticket prices aren't set in stone. You can haggle when you get to the movie theater. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, <laughs> I, I typically order online, so there's no haggling option. I uh, I used to do that, and I used to uh, always... Uh, uh, let's say there's uh, quite, a, quite a few times uh, I, I gave myself the old senior discount <laughs> when ordering online. <laughs> Don't they check at the theater? Yeah, the, uh, you know, 15-year-old kid that's uh, making, like, five <laughs> bucks an hour really cares <laughs> when he looks at my ticket. Honestly, these Zoomers today probably would look at you and go, yeah, you look 65. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <Up> you <go>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so old. So old. It's mm, true. <laughs> All right, spoilers again. <laughs> what else was supposed to it. say? Spoil this bitch. All right, the nun sets a priest What's on, on your fire. T-shirt, but I just see this little red. Circle. Oh, it's uh, Donna Dead. Oh, nice. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Oh, you, just, you just see the head tapping up into the camera. Yeah. Yeah, I have a Donna the Dead T-shirt too. It's uh, but it's uh, I think it's more of a bluish color. Oh. Is it the same? Is it the poster though? Same sort of. Yeah, pretty idea? much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll coordinate at some point. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go back and do the Dead Trilogy again, just for the fun of the t-shirts. That'd be fun. I think we still have a few... Oh, well, I mean... Yeah, there's... Uh, we have the modern... Well, yeah. they're actually quite old now, because Romero's been dead for like a decade, but... And that's not true enough, because we did them when he died. That's why we did them when we did them. So he's been dead since about mm -hmm. 2017. Yeah. But I don't think we did Land... No, yeah, we, we just stopped at the main trilogy. Yeah, we didn't do line, we didn't do diary, we didn't do whatever the other one was called. Survival. Survival. Do you know what? Yeah. I think that I've never seen any. Well, I've seen land, but I've never seen the other two. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to call it Farm of the Dead because I think the one thing that I know <laughs> about it is that there's at least one screenshot of them in a farm. That sounds about right. Uh, I I think I watched at least most of it, but it's ugh. probably best list to best left. <laughs> forgotten but uh we should watch them all and then we can rank the series <laughs> <laughs> you got the ranking bug now you just like oh we need to finish these franchises so yeah. we can rank them yeah I, i'm just wondering would you, would you include the the remakes or only romero oh that's ones? a good question uh well we'd have to do the remakes as well then uh well we've done I'm assuming we did the we did dawn yeah, yeah we, we've done dawn already we'd have to do the 1999 the living dead and I think yeah. technically there is a remake of Day of the Dead. 
Yeah. Yeah, that one's utter shit. <laughs> and watch that on Netflix at some point. It's uh, pretty painful, but... Yeah. We must. We must. <laughs> All right. I love how we said spoilers, and then the first thing we did was start talking about something else. <laughs> you got distracted by a t-shirt, and here we are. It's true. It's happened before. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, okay. I think we're going to go through this scene by scene. Let me just do some broad just strokes sure. here, right? So... We find out early on, once we're introduced to Irene, who's at a convent with uh, with Deborah, and the old nun starts telling the story of the demon, right, of the first movie, and talks about how it was this great evil, it took the form of something very blasphemous, the nuns themselves, and a priest and a nun went in to, to fight this thing. And we find out that the priest a character from the first movie got a promotion for like dealing with this <laughs> and the nun got jack shit. So the sexism is alive and well in the Catholic church, everyone just, uh, let's, let's throw that out there. Uh, but the patriarchy strikes again. No one seems to know that. I mean, I think obviously higher ups do, but no one there seems to know that Irene was the nun that went and helped fight this, this evil. In fact, she was the main one who, who, who won. Let's be honest. She, she, yeah. She actually did the fight, right? The priest right, yeah. priest did jack shit. Well, I don't remember, to be honest. But I remember her no, being I'm the one... No, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah, like, pretty... Yeah. <laughs> Not doing anything. She she got the superpowers, or whatever, from the blood of Christ. <laughs> or whatever that's right. Happened, right? Uh, so that sets her up, and of course, after the priest at the start was burned alive, right, by floating in midair. Not a pole. Which, again, but... sounds like it should be fun, but it's... No, it's shit. It, it's it's just it's just a quick cut. He's flying in the air and he sets on fire, and it just kind of feels like this is too big and like, you know, it's just too brash. Like I feel like we should be doing I, I, either do your creepy suspenseful movie, or do your big over the top schlocky thing. You can't have it both ways. No, so that's a good way to point it. Yeah, it is trying to like be both, and it's it, it's not one way or the other where. Yep, I'm sorry. It's just not good enough to be taken seriously, but it's not bad enough to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So a bishop or someone comes to the convent, and not to be confused with Bishop from the X Men. No. <laughs> just just in case you've got X Men on the brain yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comes and says, "Hey, the the demon's back." We're calling you in. You're the only one who's ever fought anything like this. And she's like, what about Father So-and-so from the last movie? And he's like, he died of disease between movies. He's five days away from retirement. I can only assume that the actor didn't want to come back, so they wrote him out and just oh, sure. went yeah. from there. And that's why we have Deborah as a character, uh, mm -hmm. which... F fine. I, I, I don't know. I, I like the, the, It is kind of like, it does feel like a buddy cop movie <laughs> or something where it's like, like, ah, only you can deal with this sister. Irene's like, all right, but I'm going to bring my new partner. Along. <laughs> which is, which is totally fine. Although Deborah doesn't get told she's allowed to go. She just kind of follows her, uh, on the train and you know, it's like, oh, well you're along for the ride now. So we're not turning around. I mean, can you tell the train conductor to turn this train around right now? I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> Not this train, no. No, no. I guess you don't turn the train. You just you just <laughs> go in the opposite direction because tra trains are uh, ambidextrous like that. They could go both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They're bi-directional. <laughs> that's, that's the phrase. Yeah. I'm talking more about the train than I am the fucking plot. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, yeah, so honestly, all they do is go and talk to the people that, that worked at the church where this, this priest burned alive. They talk to the kid who witnessed some of it. Uh, he was in the opening scenes. They go to the Catholic archives where the librarian or whoever is a priest, but he's like the librarian of this place, mm-hmm. uh, tells him a bunch of stuff. And they basically just come to the conclusion, based also on a couple of visions that she had, because that's like her real superpower, she gets visions from God, that the nun is looking... She gets some cool dream sequences. <laughs> she, she's looking for the eyes of... Oh God, what was her name? St. Lucy or something. St. Lucy, that sounds right. Some some saint that was was killed by pagans, uh, but the eyes have got magic powers, and the nun's looking for them. So now they have to go find them first. And it turns out that it's at this this boarding school. That's where the nun's been heading to, which ties into the other thing that's going on throughout all this movie is that the nun actually passed herself into Frenchie in the first movie at the end. And mm-hmm. I I don't know if we knew that in the first movie or if that's a reveal now. Well, the thing is, I don't know if you remember from the first one, is it, it feels so forced, but, like, there was a little thing at the end where, like, it jumped to basically, like, the scene from the first Conjuring movie. If you remember, like, they have that thing in the beginning where they're giving, like, a presentation and they show, like, this exorcism that they did on, like, mm. this guy or whatever. And then, I, I guess, I, I, unless I'm completely misremembering it, but... um. Essentially, I think that the guy, that guy, was Frenchy. So we know okay. that. Okay, all right. So I, I don't, I don't think that that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget if it's the actually the Warrens that were doing the possession, or if it's just like a tape or something that they had that they used at their presentations. But I mean, essentially, because of that scene, we know that he's at least possessed or gets possessed at some point, which I guess would mean he's still possessed at, at the end of the movie because probably hasn't happened yet. It doesn't seem like that at the end. It seems like at the end that they've, they've cured him, but I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it really does feel like when the, they made the nun one, it was meant to be a one and done. A one and done nun. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> none and done. Uh, one and none. One and none. It's funny either way you say it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it feels like, yeah, so this is going to just link into how she's kind of appeared in the Conjuring movies and that's it, done. But then it made money, so they wanted a sequel. So. Now they're retconning in more stories with the nun before the conjuring happens. So yeah. here here we are. Uh and this whole plot just makes it feel like again, yeah, you know, I, I do feel I mean it, it's funny cuz it never really seemed like um you know, you know it it just feels like so much more of a, a creepier, you know, insidious uh you know, to borrow uh, a term from another James Wan film. Uh yeah, type of being in the second Conjuring movie versus like here it just feels like you know it's like a cartoon villain where it's like oh I, I must get my hands on the, the <laughs> eyes of St. Lucy like so my I can do my evil plan well, like I don't th- know. this is a classic example of something was introduced as a one scene idea right mm-hmm. or maybe it was technically more than one scene but it was only a couple of scenes at most mm-hmm. it was like here's an idea of this little thing that's just a part of the second Conjuring movie. And they said, people really like that scene. Let's expand that that thing into a whole film. And I'm not saying you can't 
do that and like have someone creative come in and make a great idea that goes along with it but it kind of felt like annabelle uh no don't no it's another bad example but i think that kind of points though to to what all these spin-offs have felt like though they've all felt like stretching what a good one like an idea for one good scene which were good yeah. scenes in the movies that were in then stretched out but instead of like trying to make a movie that's based on what made them effective in that one scene whether it be Annabelle with the creepy doll stuff or the nun with the creepy kind of like, you know, like her following in the hall and the painting and stuff. Yeah. Instead, uh, we get just sort of more generic stories that just kind of feature that character. So all of the mystique they had in their original form is kind of lost. And I feel like that's the same here. So to get back to the thing with Frenchie is that she's kind of like hitchhiking with him. And it seems like every so often she'll take over him. Uh, but he's not aware of this he he thinks he's normal he doesn't know that he's putting anyone in danger so he's meant to be a nice guy he's acting like a nice guy and that's all fine and well um but it does seem like the nun's operating independently from him as well because there's so many times in this movie where she'll go off and do like a scary bit with someone else or or make someone like be killed by dropping like a, a metal hook in their head which sounds <laughs> hilarious that should have been a funny scene and it wasn't funny and i was very upset that it wasn't funny yeah, I agree. The school principal is in like this abandoned like chapel area in the school, and she's like sort of backed into a ladder, and this metal hook, which is for construction, kind of comes down and hits her in the head. It, it should be funny because it's like a bonk in the head, but somehow they they uh <laughs> they make it dull. They make it just ha- have nothing of value. I, yeah, so and. If you're not enjoying this, what have you got to enjoy in the first half of the movie? You've got, you know, the three mean girls uh, trapping, uh, what's her name, Sophie, Sophie, in the in the chapel as a dare and making her scared. It's basically any scene you've ever seen of someone getting sort of forcibly trapped in a creepy room and then getting scared. It's it's just that again. And it's like every creepy room looks the same too. Like I feel like there's so many times where like they'll go down, you know, an abandoned hallway or. or open up a door that no one goes down and it's just like the same like oh it's like very 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 dusty <laughs> okay yep that that, that sums <laughs> up it's it's very dusty it's very dark it's not a lot of lights uh and honestly like it just felt like we were killing time until everything converged and until irene and deborah get to the school when they realize that this is where everything's going down and this is around the same time that Frenchie finally starts to like act possessed because the nun starts mm-hmm. to really take over. Uh, but all, other than that, it's 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 repetitive scenes of Frenchie and Kate, the teacher, like just kind of like making small talk about her kids awkwardly, and clearly they're attracted to each other, but neither one's making a move, and it feels like Sophie's having to play matchmaker. You know. It, it, it's, it, it, there's not enough actually developing for it to be compelling because it's just playing the same beat over and over again. Because, like, like I said earlier, if if they actually let, let's say the second time he sees her, right, he comes to the classroom and says, "Hey, I heard there was a cabinet that needed some fixing," and she's like, "Yeah, over there," and they kind of like bond a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this feels like at the end of the scene, he sort of pauses before he walks out, and I thought, oh, he's going to turn around and ask her out. He's going to ask her to dinner. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm not saying I'd love that. I'm not saying I'd be super into it, but at least it would be them developing it a little bit further. Um, 
Instead, by the time that he starts to properly freak out and like the possession like takes over him completely, um, by that point, like they've started dancing, but it's not like they were on a date, right? He was just hanging out with the the, the mum and daughter. And the daughter said, you two should dance uh, now. <laughs> so they start dancing, and that's when he starts bugging out. It, it, it just doesn't have any weight to it, because they've not actually spent time building uh, this sort of like surrogate father, new husband mm-hmm. kind of bond they're going for. I mean, they never go into what happened to like her dad, like, you know, if he was just an asshole, if he died, whatever, I don't know. He was also possessed. <laughs> He's also possessed. Family's got a history <laughs> of it, do they? So, uh, do I know how to pick him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and it's not even like they do anything greatly dramatic when he like let's say he was possessed for a while before irene shows up right so there's maybe like a five ten minute period where kate and sophie are running from him just almost like he's just like you know jack nicholson in the shining like it, it looks like he's just yeah. went mad and there's no explanation so they actually think he's just a psychopath like that might have been interesting to then for them to then find out that he's a victim of something and that he's not a bad guy again but instead like literally almost as soon as this starts happening it's when irene and that walk in and they you know they see him and they say hey you're possessed by the way and then he fully turns into just zombie frenchy <laughs> controlled by the nun who seems to be separate from the nun herself doing stuff um and Honestly, like this all boiling down to just trying to find this little like disc thing that has the eyes of Saint Lucy in it, just mm-hmm. feels so like boring and simple. Like, because one of the things that the the priest guy at the, the Catholic archive said to her was like, "Oh, hey, she's looking for this, and it would give her too much power, but you could use it as a weapon." <laughs> and see when see when she gets her hands on it and she holds it up against the nun, like that's all yeah. she does is she just holds it up and it lights up. And it sort of repels the nun. And I'm like, that's it? It's like a cross for a vampire? That's all this is? We spent all movie getting to the super secret... I was like thinking, oh, it's the eyes of St. Lucy. She'll have heat vision or some shit. Well, at least do something crazy with it. But no, it's just hold it up. Magic barrier. Mm, that's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's boring. It's dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a goat that's meant to be Satan in the stained glass yeah. part of this chapel, which for... I don't know if there's a good reason for this, but for some reason it becomes a living, huge, demonic goat that starts chasing around all the other kids and the teacher. Well, you know, whilst all the stuff with the nuns going on with 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 Irene and Maurice and and Sophie, who's sort of involved in that plot, Kate has to protect all the other girls from the rampaging giant goat that is trying to mm-hmm. kill them. Um, I was actually at least a little surprised though that the goat actually did like put its horns through the door and stabs one of the little the twelve year olds in the shoulder. No, it doesn't kill her. But I was like, okay, at least one of them got stabbed because I like yeah. there's this this movie has been so toothless up to that this point, and it feels weird to say that because it starts with someone being set on fire, but <laughs> midair. Yeah, but it does. Honestly, the fact that it's midair makes it feel worse though because. <laughs> like someone being set on fire is disturbing it should be disturbing like if you if you showed someone just sort of screaming and there's like sort of fire kind of like implied it would feel really disturbing but because it's the cg effect of someone floating in midair it's just too fantastical to even feel yeah. anything terrific from it anyway anyway <sighs> no i mean I, I agree i mean the fact that <laughs> again like there's a giant rampaging goat monster in this movie and i'm still bored to tears like i don't even know how that's possible 
Yeah, and nothing like honestly, the girl getting stabbed is the only thing that really happens mm. with it because they just run to the chapel, they hear some noises of it trying to get in from around uh, the outside. It bangs in the door a couple times, and then, but it, when they solve the nun stuff, when the nun stuff wraps up, it just disappears. So there's not even like a big payoff to it beyond just it's something for them to do whilst all the other main plot stuff's happening. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So do you want to know how to defeat the nun this time? Please, enlighten me. There's a line early on where uh, Deborah, who's not all that, like, you know, devout in her faith, has been very sceptical, and she says she doesn't oh, yeah. believe this whole bullshit where the priest will turn the wine into the blood of Christ. It's nonsense. It doesn't really turn. And Seems pretty reasonable for a nun to think that i mean i think she's speaking sense i agree with her but uh i mean like, you think you would go into a different line of work but i don't know well that's the point though she didn't pick this she was sort of forced here by her dad oh that's right yes yeah <laughs> time i said that earlier in the review it's not even that you forgot it from the movie you forgot it from when i said it i i, I couldn't i can't stress enough just how little i care about any of these people oh yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the overriding sentiment, is that, yeah, I just couldn't give a shit about anyone in this movie. It's it's so numbing to watch this. Nunning. Yes, it's <laughs> nunning to watch this. Uh, so the payoff to this, though, is that at the end of the movie, the big climax, because the nun gets the, the eyes, right? She basically makes it flop to her, which, again, why, if she can make it float to her, why was she chasing them? With a, <laughs> exactly. Because she's literally chasing them with a possessed man, and he's, like, trying to grab them, and she's he's trying to, like, pull the kid out because the little girl, Sophie, has it, and she's running away from her and all that. And it's like, oh, we have to try and get to her and pull her out from behind these, like, you know, like, rafters or whatever she's hiding behind. Mm. And... If you could just make it float, though, why, why did we spend 10 minutes with a chase scene? Like, if, if it was just a simple Great case question. of Jedi force powers, then who... <laughs> what, what, anyway, she has the power, she starts to light up, and she's, like, floating in the sky. Again, it's all very fantastical. <laughs> We've had bell towers come crashing down. We've had all these big CG moments in this big final bit. And then the final payoff to this is that this location happens to be in a wine cellar. Right? There's mm -hmm. barrels of red wine all around the place. There's a big puddle of it now because they've been smashing things in the middle of the, the, the floor. And Irene turns to, to Deborah and says, pray with me. And she starts doing the, the <laughs> prayer to turn the wine into the blood of Christ. And if you remember, the blood of Christ is what defeated her in the last movie. The first one, yeah. So, they turn the, <laughs> they turn the blood and they turn the wine into the blood of Christ and it all splashes and bursts out of the barrels onto the nun, and she CG gets drunk, disintegrates. <laughs> right, I mean, very funny, but no, like she, she she sort of disintegrates slowly, as if the blood's like melting her kind of thing. Like no, no, I'll get you next time. And it looks like shit. Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> You think up until now everything looks so great that they would have uh, kept that stellar CGI perfection to the end. I, you know, sometimes we, you know we go through movies. I mean, depending on the movie, sometimes it's almost scene by scene, or sometimes it's just sort of generally kind of chunks of the movie, and we'll so you know we'll take it as like okay, this is the opening act, so we'll talk about all the important stuff in the opening act. We'll talk about how the plot's set up, and then we'll talk about the you know middle act, and that you know we'll we'll go through it right. 
this is one of those movies where as i was watching it i knew we weren't going to do that because i it, there's, there's there's nothing to sort of like signpost <laughs> the, the sections of the movie in the middle it just mm. it feels like it's just doing the two plots are just kind of doing similar things for too long until things mm. all just kick off towards the end there's not a good sense of progression and one of the things that helps you or helps me at least talk about a movie in order is that I, it's easy to remember the order for the most part because things naturally lead from one thing to the next. So I remember what came after, you know, scene D is after scene C because C motivated scene D and scene D motivated scene E and so on and so forth. But so much of this is just plodding that it all just blurs together in your mind and there's not a whole lot to really say or talk about. And it's difficult because it's not even like... I think this movie's sins are one of the hardest to talk about because it is just simply the direction makes everything really boring and it's hard to like say oh like we can deconstruct why this isn't working we can say that oh this moment doesn't land because they failed to have this character do this in their story or the arc's missing or or, or whatever and the writing here isn't good either don't get me wrong the writing is pretty sh- sloppy and you know whatever but fundamentally what what i came out away from this with was just how miraculous this director how incompetent he is <laughs> it and it's not like it looks like you're watching birdemic or something like that it it right, has right. it has that professional like sheen to it because it's got a budget mm-hmm. and because it's a cinematographer and all that but the actual yeah. progression of shots the choices that are made constantly just completely suck dry anything that you could possibly feel in any of the scenes there's no sense of like pacing and the tense moments there's no sense of creativity a, a good example is uh when sophie's like tricked into the into the, the sort of chapel area that's closed off this is maybe like 20 30 minutes into the movie and there's like a statue or something with a sheet over the top of it right and obviously it looks kind of creepy. It's kind of, you know, vaguely human shaped. And even the sheet kind of gives it like a nun type shape. And yeah. as she walks past it and like walks into the next part of the area, there's a quick cut back to the head of the statue, which then moves. And all I could think was, okay, not only did you do a quick cut before it moved, and not only did you do a big loud sting when it moved, all I could think was, well, see if you just stayed on the wide shot and you could see it moving in the background with no noise. Mm-hmm. Instantly creepier, right? Or if you are going to jump to it and do a, a close-up, maybe you don't have it move because then you, because the, the close-up makes you think it's going to move and then it doesn't. Or, so I don't know. Like, somehow the choice that was made was the worst possible <laughs> choice that could have been made. And that, that happens and- a lot throughout the movie, with its, particularly with its scary stuff, with mm-hmm. its horror movie scenes. And like, and the funny thing is, is that there seems like there was times when, you know, like they wouldn't be afraid to go in that direction. Cause I, I do, I do feel like there's plenty of examples where, you know, they'd be exploring a creepy room, but it would be very quiet and stuff. Mm. And so it, you know, it does kind of set you up to be like, oh yeah, like anything could happen at this point. But then, like you said, whenever they are going to do something, it always reverts back to that very, you know, generic formulaic hollywood bullshit thing where all right yeah we're just gonna go to the quick close-up and the quick you know music sting and all that stuff and yeah it it just you know sucks the the air out of any type of possible scare or whatever you could have 
like I, I'm trying to think like yeah like what are even the you know like notable like you know quote unquote like trying to be creepy parts or whatever like you know you, you mentioned the lady <clears throat> with the hook or whatever falling onto her head I, I think it's the same lady that like before that she's basically being attacked by like you know what appears to be like the ghost of her son who's like the little oh it's the same, it's the same uh, scene yeah the nun shows up with the, her dead son and that's what makes her yeah. back into the thing with the hook and I, I don't know what you I did think this was like mildly funny like cause he I, I don't know what you'd call this I'm not catholic or anything but he has like some like thing on a rope <laughs> that he's ho holding <clears throat> um that he's like attacking her with and I, don't know, I thought that was like a little funny but again you know if it did go more over the top or something it would be a lot more memorable instead of just being like a little like oh it's kind of funny that her son is hitting her with that but uh, i mean there's there's that and then there's like the scene later on towards the end where the valley uh i don't know which girl it was i don't think it was sophie but I was like, well, probably yeah that like goes into the I'm guessing it was the dead principles or whatever room and she's just standing there and then she like slowly backs out and then you know the nun or whatever grabs her and tries to pull her in um, yeah well I think that was meant to just be like the ghost of the lady rather than the nun but I, yeah either way it's just the hands well, come, the, the hands come through the yeah. like the it's like a vent that she's looking through mm -hmm. and the hands come through and kind of try to grab her so they all kind of have to pull her back I mean like you know other than that and like yeah, you got the magazine thing, and I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, what other, like, you know, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, actually unique or memorable, like, you know, scenes that you can be like, oh, like, this was kind of cool or whatever. Uh. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it before, but even, like, something like the magazine thing, which, like, you know, I don't think it's a bad visual, but... You mentioned it before it just takes so long <laughs> to get there that it's like all right yeah after like you know a minute or two it's like well all right i, I know what you're doing and where you're gonna get to it so can we just like speed this up like it feels like it's taking forever yeah so like irene like goes down like a dark like path in the city and she ends up in front of uh like you know like one of those outdoor like little news agents where they're selling magazines uh which i would assume they would you know cover that with like a lockup of some kind tonight absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason this is just open and yeah like she like one magazine at the bottom starts like flicking through pages like like some magical winds hitting it and then i swear it's just one magazine for like a good 30 seconds and then others start <laughs> to flick as well and you sort of get oh they're going to make the the image of the nun right but there's so many close-ups of her face again it'll like go back to close-ups of various magazines like flipping and i'm like it feels like it's too much of a long build-up to get to the mm -hmm. obvious payoff, which is they make the shape of the nun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a quicker, just one gust that just sort of meant them all flipping quickly, and then it just sort of lands on the nun. That would have been something, but instead they, they milk it for like three minutes. <laughs> I, I'd love to go back and time it, because I'm saying two minutes because I think it probably felt longer than it actually was, but I, I think it might have legitimately hit two minutes from when it started to when it finally ended that scene yeah and i mean even if it is shorter than that then like that's just like sign of like poor direction because it oh yeah it felt yeah. like it's over long uh also i feel like that's pretty prominent in the trailer when it came out so it's like not even like you're you're surprised or anything while watching the movie 
Well, it's kind of sad if that's the, the biggest thing you've got to sell in the trailer. <laughs> like, this is our set piece visual that we can use to sell the yeah. movie. Oh, dear. Yeah, uh, yeah I, honestly, like sometimes we watch a bad movie, at, like, like Five Nights at Freddy's, right? And we come in and we've got so much to say about why it doesn't work and the mistakes that they have made. And I feel like this one is much tougher to talk about. And I genuinely came into this not really knowing how much we've got, we we're going to have to talk about about any particular plot details or about any of the characters because they're just so thin and we just mm. don't get enough. It feels like, you know, the setup that Deborah isn't that religious, right, and doesn't really have that much faith, which to me says, oh, the arc is, is that by the end she's going to see enough shit that she believes. But they focus so little on her reaction to anything that she's seeing that when she does help Irene pray at the end to turn the the, the wine into blood, it just doesn't feel like a payoff to anything. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is the climactic bit of her arc where she fully believes now. It's, it's like they forgot to tell that story before it got to that point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <sighs> rough times, rough times. Uh, you know, they forgot to do the actual romance beyond just implying that there might be one at some point between the other <laughs> characters. It's... it's uh, it's uh, rough. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think this is a, a scrape into an hour, and we've had some tangents to get there. I, I just don't have much to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I really, uh, I, I do hate it a lot. For what that's worth. <laughs> oh, I do too. But I, I hated Five Days of Freddy's, but at least I had something to say about that. At yeah. least I had something to say yeah. about Pope's Exorcist, or I had something to say about. Mm. Uh, what else have we done recently? That <laughs> sucked. Um, <laughs> too many, too many things. But I'm telling you, 2023 is a bad year <laughs> for for horror movies. It's a bad year. I, like I think, in some ways, this one frustrates me the most because for all the bad 2023 horror movies that we've talked about, this one has, I would argue, been the worst discussion because the movie True. just gives us nothing to work with. There's just yeah. nothing to really talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh. Got a couple of good nun puns in there. <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, even the word pun is a is a, is a, is a nun. <laughs> it rhymes with nun. I am one, I am one with the nun pun. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I think I think I think we're done. I I just I don't think there was much to say. Oh, did you see the mid credit scene? Uh no, <laughs> I shut this off pretty quickly. <laughs> I think it might just be a scene from either The Last Conjuring or maybe Annabelle Comes Home, but the Warrens get a phone call and they basically say, what is it, Father? Oh, we'll be right there. And then that's it. So I think it's just setting up Conjuring 4. Cool. Can't wait. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I never actually watched the end of the credits, but I love you know, the Marvel movies end with so-and-so will return. I I hope yeah. it gets to the end of the credits. Like, the nun will return. <laughs> Or not even the nun, just uh, Sister Irene will be back. <laughs> Sister Irene will will be back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe the nun will feature into uh, Conjuring 4 directly. Maybe they'll actually have the Warrens dealing with her, so it'll be kind of the payoff. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, at this point, given that it's Michael Chavez directing it, like, I have very little hope. I mean, Conjuring 3 was better than the other two he's done, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. It you know, it was no. very middling. <laughs> um jeez. Yeah, the 
it would be funny if uh if the fourth one was just yeah this big showdown with the nun because yeah i'm uh i maybe people can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure they just made up the nun for the movies like you know supposedly you know the country movies are based on like real case files from oh these, sure uh, yeah yeah hucksters uh allegedly allegedly tim allegedly, allegedly. yeah <laughs> um but i'm pretty sure the nun was just something they made up uh for the movies so it would be funny if the fourth movie was just totally like oh yeah we're not even trying to be like real cases anymore they're just fighting cartoon super villains that's funny or maybe they'll do like a like a evil team up where it's like annabelle the nun the crooked man uh just all the villains and, come together to try and take out the warrens it's the last stand it really sucks that i feel like they just really wasted annabelle comes home because like that kind of has like such a great fun premise where it's like oh yeah you have all this messed up stuff in the warren's house what if it all you know was unleashed or, or whatever and then uh i mean you know we're ragging on a Michael Chavez or whatever, but uh, I mean Gary Doberman. <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. also uh, has a lot of sins to atone for. Yeah, I, I yeah. Maybe tr- maybe I'm a. I, I'm sorry. I, I I don't know if I'm alone on this, but I, I didn't think Annabelle comes home was good. I, I think there are some people that kind of like it, but it's, I don't think it was good. I mean, I think it's a little better than the other two, but like I wouldn't say I'm positive. Oh, I think on the it. second Annabelle is actually pretty good, but uh, mm, definitely I- better than the first one. Honestly, like at this point, sadly, th- th- this universe keeps expanding, and I still would only recommend Conjuring One and Two. I would not recommend yeah. <laughs> anything else. It actually is a pretty like if you look at the number of films, this is what the eighth one. So that's like a pretty decent sized franchise, and yeah, the ratio to from you know good to bad movies. Yeah, it's rough. It's the sort of thing where if if there was more of them, I'd probably eventually say we have to just like ban them from the show, like how I have banned myself from watching the MCU because I'm just sick of putting myself through it. The one thing that keeps them kind of in play is that at least there's not as many of them as that. Like it's, it is sure. just one a year, and sometimes we skip a year. Right, uh, right. Conjuring Four is probably a 2025 thing, so yeah, you know. Uh, does it keep going past then? Probably, because if none two made a lot of money, they'll probably want to do none three, even though Conjuring's done. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the not that I necessarily think it would be good. I, the thing that would intrigue me is if they, you know, do try some more spinoffs because uh, they, for a while, I, I know like the Crooked Man seemed like a thing that they were going forward with. I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of dead at this point because it seems like there hasn't been any talk or oh, anything yeah. about it. That, that was something they talked about in 2016 when Conjuring 2 yeah. came out. And I feel like, obviously, Annabelle and The Nun both became a thing, but it doesn't seem like, yeah. uh, like I feel that. Like there was like, I feel like there's like one or two other things, too, that had rumors to be spinoffs, but I can't really remember. Yeah. Um... So I, I'm just, I feel like Box Office Mojo used to have like a franchise bit when you clicked on a movie so you could see all the all the movies and, oh, we had done. Oh, it's still there. It's just, they changed the website. Oh no, it took me to an error 403 page. That's Ooh. handy. My uh, least favorite errors. I wanted to, I wanted to see what the other movies, obviously we looked at the Nun 1 already. Uh, what did Annabelle Comes Home do in 2019? That did 231 million. Wow. 
Creation, the second one, the 306. Annabelle won the 257. Yeah, they're they're all kind of batting between 250 and like 320 million, which mm-hmm. would suggest that they're worth still doing for the, for the money. Uh, but obviously, I am not interested from a quality <laughs> standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway... Uh, Conjuring Three was only two hundred million, but that was uh, that was a pandemic movie, so that's you can't really count oh, right, that one. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think like they would have to probably get someone like really interesting on board to, you know, pique my interest. I think that's the big problem with it is that I feel like the creative people behind everything other than Wan for the first two has just not been interesting. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. they've had work for higher directors. They just mm-hmm. come out and churn out typical generic supernatural movies and that's pretty much it uh so sadly uh that this entire universe at this point the, the more we get bad movies and the more that ratio of bad to good just keeps keeps rising and rising the the more like i'm just like i hate the the phrase conjuring verse though like i hate it i hate this franchise i like the first two conjuring movies but i hate the franchise so kind of like the comic they did i never read the comic so it was a dc i'll take your word well it's warner brothers i guess that makes sense yeah yeah all right well okay let's just rate the goddamn movie uh <laughs> Tim, mm. what are you giving the nun to uh geez it's tough uh is i mean obviously it's gonna be very low but like i feel like like three is like a pretty common threshold for like bad boring stuff but then i don't know it it was so boring i I don't know i'm I'm tempted to just go a smidge lower like i don't know it's like 2.5 does seem pretty harsh but I don't know. I I can't think of much that I necessarily liked about this movie. Um, again, maybe like the most praise I can give it is like you know a, a few things here and there that I could that I can think of that like oh well I could see maybe this would have been cool if they you know went more over the top with it or if it just had like less of a gravely serious tone or whatever. But I don't know. Just the fact that everything is so dull and boring it just really makes it hard to watch and leave a bad leaves a bad taste in your mouth so i don't know i guess i'll just go with the 2.5 it's there's very little <laughs> that uh is redeeming about this um yeah my apologies to uh you know the farmiga family it's, <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> i i appreciate their work but that's just that's what they've, cut the cheese. They've both been in better things. I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah, I'm just going with straight two. I mean, I, you're waffling about here. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm pretty dead set. I gave Five Nights at Freddy's a three. I think this is a notable step down from that. Even I, I think this is as low as you can pretty much go with still having something that resembles production value. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. I, I, I it's one of the most unbelievably dull and boring experiences I have had in quite some time, and I think that is saying something, given some of the shit that we have put ourselves through. You know, I think it's worse sure. than Exorcist <laughs> Believer. I think it's worse than... What was this movie? Uh, no One Will Save You. Although that's not controversial mm-hmm. to some people, because some people do actually like that one, but yeah. I, I wasn't hot on it. Um, 
I think it's worse than Dark Harvest. I, you know, I, I think it's worse than... I mean, hell, I have rated it lower than Subspecies 5, Tim. That's how dire <laughs> we're, uh, we're at right now. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Worse than Renfield, worse than Pope's Exorcist. I, yeah, I mean, not to spoil things, we've still got a few more 2023 movies we want to do before we officially try and do a top five? <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's doable, but it's going to be definitely, it's more tough. I, I think it has years. to be a five. I don't think we can do a 10 this year. I I just don't think there's enough yeah. good stuff to do a 10, sadly. Oh, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but it, none, none a too... A 10 for 2023 would be like, okay, like, I didn't love this, but I need to have something in this spot, you know, like. Yeah, we'd have to get to the riffraff to even fill out 10 spots, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, none to... Right, as of right now, I would say it's the worst horror movie of 2022. Now, obviously, <laughs> I say that having not watched... 2023, sorry, yeah. I say that having, of course, not watched some of the, like, homemade stuff that's obviously, like, a 1 out of right, 10, right? right? Yeah. But out of actual movies that are released with distributors, it's the worst thing I've seen from 2023. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I don't think I can really, uh, you know, argue that. Um, you know, there's stuff that I I had higher hopes for that like let me down. Like, you know, something like a Skin of a Rink. Like, I was really looking forward to that, and mm. I wasn't really like too hot on it. But at least that is something that's very different, and there's interesting aspects to it, and yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. Like, this is just the most generic of generic that you can get. Yeah, I respect that way more than than yeah. this, or even a lot of the other things we've done from last year. Absolutely, yeah. So, okay, well, that's that. Uh, next time <laughs> on Screams After Midnight, everyone, uh, another 2023 movie. Uh, on the schedule, and it is The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, so, basically, Tim keeps putting off Saw 10. Every time I say, should we do Saw 10 <laughs> next, Tim keeps saying, no, 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 we've got another couple we need to do first. So, uh, we're doing the Dracula on a Boat movie. Mm. So we'll see how that Ooh, is. And, and you know we're pro-boats on this, uh, this show. <laughs> so, looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't know, there was some pretty big anti-boat rhetoric uh, last episode, if I recall correctly. <laughs> I honestly I don't even remember what movie we were talking about. I just we talked about boats a lot. <laughs> it was Rec Four for the record, but yeah. Oh, that's right, right. For the yeah. record. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you remember we talked about boats a lot, but you didn't remember what the movie was that inspired the boat discussion. That's just funny to me. I think I think eventually we will get some pro boats. Uh, well, we should have a pro boat and an anti boat t-shirt so people can voice their opinion mm. either way yeah it's a serious subject <laughs> so yes that's what's coming next week uh currently on paramount plus uh mm. for good, any of my good point my, my plus heads out there that want to <laughs> watch it yeah at least in the u.s it may be on paramount plus in the uk as well i don't know i've not checked mm. but uh uk's number one streaming service i don't know mm. <laughs> I, I just mostly rent or buy stuff to I, 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 I don't I can't be arsed paying for seven streaming services it's just oh neither can I but hey when you <laughs> when you have as many family members that I do as I do true true you know and 
as long as uh, these corporations don't get greedy like Netflix and, and shut down their password sharing protocols. <laughs> oh, they're all doing it now, Tim. You better brace yourself. I will. I mean, once that happens, we're going to definitely have our movie selection cut quite a bit. <laughs> they're definitely doing it, and they're they're adding ad- Prime's added adverts to the regular tier. You have to pay extra now if you don't want ads. I'm totally fine with watching ads, but sure, sure. Uh, well, I, mean, I, mean, I I I watch many a, many a movie on Tubi, and uh, I'm okay with watching the an ad the odd ad every now and again. It's just it's becoming more and more like cables. Before you know it, you'll be paying twice the price for like <laughs> ad breaks included. You know, mm-hmm. it's the way it's going. You know the pr- the problem is though is I don't I don't think people necessarily well. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I I don't mind watching ads as much. It's just a, a big problem, though, is that, like, most of the ads you see in front of videos and stuff are just, they suck. <laughs> like, they're not, like, fun commercials, like, you know, growing up when, like, you know, the Kool-Aid man would, like, just, you know, burst through your house or, or something, or uh, or you have, like, you know, some kid trying to stick it to their teacher by chewing bubble gum or something. You know, it's, like, it's always just, like, a happy family that are they're so glad that they got this their their meal prep kit in and that they can make quality meals at home like it's like every ad i see mm. i mean i i think if i've paid to watch a movie there shouldn't be ads during the movie that's just a fundamental thing i i would say but that's why i like buying stuff on sale and renting instead because mm. uh sure. i don't want to deal with that shit and i don't want to have to be like Oh, what service is this thing on? Obviously, every so often, like, a movie will only be on a service. You can't buy or rent it because mm-hmm. they're weird with the rates or whatever. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, <laughs> anywho. Uh, not to tangent is even further into a longer runtime. Uh, we somehow mm-hmm. added 15 minutes onto this. Hopefully that rambling was entertaining on some level. But mm-hmm. uh, last voyage of Demeter next week. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. You get a bonus episode every month. At five dollars and up, you also get access to the even more stream segments, which is just once or twice a month. Me and Tim will talk about something. Uh, maybe we'll rank a franchise. Maybe we'll talk about some trailers that came out. Maybe we'll talk about a big news thing, or maybe we'll do some other little fun activity, uh, horror movie related. But uh, yeah, so you can check out that. Plus, there's a voting tier as well, where you get to vote on a movie every month. Not only on streams, but you also get to do it on the Atomic Cinema Experiment. And one of the other shows that I do with David, it kind of changes a little bit depending on the month, but either extra reels or collector's cut or criterion cut, depending. So, anywho, that is the show. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been The Nun 2. <laughs> it was poo-poo. Keep watching the scary movies. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.